Welcome everyone to the Grinded Podcast. Nipsey Hussle is going to bring us in just a little bit with Grinding All My Life. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got the roll of dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Uh. It's time to hit this rail we call life and grind it. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. I uh, just want to say thank you for being a listener. Thank you for watching on YouTube. May God bless you for doing so. And if you know anyone who is looking for some Bible study material, uh, by all means, uh, share with them this Grind It Podcast. You know, we, we covered the book of John in, in depth, and, and if it would be a great Bible study tool uh, for them. Uh, and, you know, you can catch it, like, like I said, on YouTube, or you can catch it on any of uh, of the, the, the major apps like uh, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon Music, uh, and uh, there's another one. My mind's gone blank on what that one is. Um, oh, Spotify. Uh, but it, they, can, they can stop it, pause it, or whatever they need to, uh, but they can really get into the book of John and learn all about Jesus and, and draw closer to Jesus. And if they're, if, if you know anybody who is, is not saved, who is, uh, has never made Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, by all means, share with them the Grinded Podcast. And they too can uh, listen to uh, the book of John and get to know Jesus. And, and Lord willing, they'll make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. Uh, we're covering now the book of Acts. And we're studying the book of, of, of Acts chapter 10. And in the last podcast, we left off by talking about Cornelius, who was a, a Roman officer over the, the uh, Italian regiment. And uh, Luke writes that, that Cornelius is a God-fearing man. He's devoted to God. He's praying at least three times a day and he's helping the poor. And, and I, I said that we are the hands and the feet of Jesus. And so when we are out on our uh doing our daily duties where we're at work or whatever, shopping. When we see a need, we should help meet that need if at all possible. We do not need to ignore that need. And when we meet the person's need and those people are blessed, and, and 99 times out of 100, they will say thank you and they'll tell you uh, what that meant to them. Tell them why you did what you did. You, that you love God, that you follow Jesus, and you want them to have the opportunity that you have, and that's to have your, their sins forgiven. And if they can go uh, to heaven to be with God for eternity. So don't just meet the need of a person, but tell them why you are meeting the need. That's what Cornelius did. He, he helped the poor because he loved God. He did not do it to get brownie points with God, but when the angel shows up in the vision and has this conversation with Cornelius, he tells him, he says, God has seen what you've done with all these poor people and how you've helped them, and it is an offering to God. Uh, and, and, and in Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, here's what Jesus says. He says, watch out, don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and the streets to call attention to their acts of clarity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything 
will reward you. And so, you know, you don't have, it's like I said in the last podcast, you don't have to be on stage. You don't have to be a, a, a preacher. You don't have to be a musician. You don't have to be a, a, a Bible teacher, a Sunday school teacher. You, you don't have to be an elder or a deacon. You, you, you can be a little old lady that sits in the congregation and knowing that this person over here is sick and they could use some encouragement and you can bake a pie and you can, and, and, and nobody even knows that it's going on. And so you bake a pie, but you don't have the means uh, because you've lost your license or you can't drive anymore or whatever. You don't have the means to deliver the pie, but you can bake the pie and you can pick up the phone and you can call Billy Bob over here or you, you can call Suzette or whoever and because and, they have a vehicle and they can deliver the pie. So now you've baked the pie. Now you've got Billy Bob and Suzette involved in it and they deliver the pie and, and, and they, they deliver the pie to the person who's in need. And the person is blessed by the pie. And Billy Bob and Suzette tells them that, hey, so-and-so made this pie. But see, nobody knows it but you, Billy Bob, Suzette, and, and the person who received the pie. But the most important person that knows it is God. And God says to Cornelius through the angel, this is, this is, like, this is an offering to me because you, you are helping to meet the needs of people who can't meet their own needs. And so Jesus says, you don't do this stuff to get rewards because if you're out there blowing trumpets and you, it, so everybody can see what you're doing, well, that's the only reward you're going to get. But if you do this stuff and you keep your mouth shut and you just be Jesus to people because that's the way you walk every day, you want to be a blessing to people and you want them to have the same opportunity to have their sins forgiven. And he said, God's going to reward you when you get to heaven. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21, Jesus says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moth, moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. But store up your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. You see, even though Cornelius uh, had never met Jesus, he was already practicing what Jesus taught. At some point, Cornelius has been taught about God and it changed his life. And now out of nowhere, he has this vision with this angel and this angel has this conversation with him. And so the angel, he, 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 he gives Cornelius some specific instructions in verses five and six. He says, now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. And he is staying with Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. And here's why I'm bringing this up. You know, I've, I've heard many preachers, I've heard many people who call themselves Christians say that they've had a dream or they've had a vision from God in the Bible. And a lot of times they're using this as a bargaining tool. They're using this as a position of power because they had the vision from God and, and you didn't. Right. And so I am close to God and I am uh, higher or better than you because I had this vision. And let me tell you something. Beware. When you when you hear any time that somebody says they had a dream or a vision from God, just be careful in what they say. Better line up with the word of God or because if it don't, you better run for the hills. And that, that's just a fair warning from me. Um, but a lot of times when people say they've had a dream or vision from God, it's very vague. Very vague, you know. Uh, I saw a car 
and, and, and the car was going down the road and then it just disappeared. Well, you know, if, 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 if it was from God, you would know the color of the car. You would know who was driving the car. You would know the license plate number of the car. You would know if it turned left or if it turned right before it disappeared. And, and you would know where it was headed. And see, my point is, that's probably a poor example, but my point is, when people saw dreams and had visions in the Bible, they were very, very specific. They were not vague. They, they were very detailed. And, and and so Cornelius has this vision and he's talking to this angel and the angel gives him specific instructions and he tells him where to go and who to find and and, and to have a, a meeting with this guy named Simon Peter. And he's going to be staying at Simon the Tanner's house who lives near the seashore. And so he sends as soon as the angel was gone, it said, Luke says, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier and one of his personal attendants. And he told them what had happened and he sends them off to Joppa. I mean, immediately, there's no hesitation with, with Cornelius. He has the vision and the, the angel talks to him. He gives him specific instructions. And immediately, as soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius is acting on what the angel told him to do. He chooses some guys. He explains to them what's happened with the angel. And he sends him off to Joppa uh, to find this guy named Peter. Uh, and so my question to us is this. Why do we hesitate? Why do we hesitate when we know what God wants us to do? Why do we hesitate? Far too many times. God gives us direct. Here's what you need to do. Oh, you want to be saved? Repent of your sins, call upon the name of the Lord, and you'll be saved. Be baptized for the remission of your sins, and you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this promises unto you, your children, all that are far off. Oh, but God, you know, you know, do you really mean that? I mean, you're trying to get specific with me and give me all these specific let me argue with you for a little bit. Because I, I don't believe that's what you really mean. Yeah, you know, we, we do silly stuff like that. Why why do we hesitate? And that's just one example. God, I, I know that you I, I know my neighbor over here has this specific need, and I know I can meet that need, but, you know, I think I'm going to sit here and play video games for a while. You know, we hesitate. Why do we do that? The angel gave this God-fearing man, Cornelius, some specific directions. Go to Joppa. Go to Simon Tanner's house. Find this man named Simon Peter and bring him home. Bring him to your house. And there was no hesitation on Cornelius's part. Now, I looked up how far it is, uh, how far Caesarea is from Joppa. This is what I found. It's about a 40 mile journey. And if one was to walk this 40 mile journey, it would take around 14 to 15 hours ish, depending on how fast you walk and if you hung out, you know, uh, for in a certain place for a little while or whatever. Uh, Cornelius's men, they head for Joppa and they find this guy named Peter that the angel had mentioned and they bring him to Cornelius so they can figure out what's going on. But meanwhile, and here's the cool thing about this. So you got you got Cornelius having this vision and he's talking to this angel. He obeys what the angel says immediately and he sends these he tells these men what's going on and so he sends these men to Joppa to find Peter. And so they're traveling to Joppa and while they're traveling to to Joppa, you got Peter who's hanging out at Simon the Tanner's house. You know, he has no clue that this is going on. He has no clue that this angel 
has spoken to Cornelius. He's just hanging out at Simon the Tanner's house there in Joppa. Uh, Simon is down there cooking. He It's around noontime. He, he's going to climb up on the flat roof and uh, take time to pray because it's prayer, his prayer time. And he smells that food that's cooking and he gets hungry. Now, here's a question I have for you. Have you ever been trying to focus on God, maybe in prayer, maybe reading your Bible or singing some praise and worship songs, but all of a sudden you get distracted? Something comes along and it just catches your attention and it's hard to focus on the task at hand. It happens to me all the time. Uh, my mind's always going 100 miles an hour. I'm usually, especially when I was younger, I was going 100 miles an hour. I didn't slow down for nothing until I had my three back surgeries and that really slowed me down a lot. Um, because God got my attention, said, boy, slow down. I'm trying to get your attention. And boy, did he ever. But it's really hard for me to focus when I'm reading or when I'm praying because all these other things start popping in my head and in my mind. And it's hard for me to, to, to concentrate on, on, on what I'm trying to do. Um, the, I'm really that person that can be talking about something and, and, and gets excited, uh, about something, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, I, I, you know, there, something else catches my attention. When I remember, uh, I used to have a bread route in Pigeon Forge in Sevierville, and my supervisor was riding with me one day. And we're just having a conversation in my bread truck, and we're driving. Around. All of a sudden, a helicopter literally, because they have the sightseeing helicopters, and a helicopter literally just took off, and 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 it popped up out of nowhere, right above our bread truck, and it flew across the road. And we were just having this conversation, we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, look at that helicopter! I mean, it was just like that fast. And he's like, he he just died laughing, man, it, it, because he he. He realized that, that I'm that type of person, you know, I'm having this conversation with him. Also, this, this shiny, you know, so it, it became this joke but between him and myself. He would see me and he'd go squirrel or he would say metal logic. You know, there's just crazy things like that because, it, you know, I'm I'm focused on this conversation. And the next thing I know, I, I lose my focus. And, and so that's what happens. Uh, I say, say all that to say this. That's what happens with Peter. When he, he he goes up on the roof to pray and he's trying to focus on God and God's going to send him this vision. He's going to get distracted in his prayer time, but it came from God. And we're going to get into that vision when we come back from break. This is Bruce Stott, one of the elders at Partnership Christian Church, and I want to invite you and your family to worship with us this coming Sunday. Check us out on Facebook or YouTube for service times and directions. Thanks for listening to Grind It Podcasts. Keep grinding. So we, we left off from break and we're talking about Peter, how he was sidetracked because he was focusing on God and he smells the food while Simon is downstairs cooking. And that sends him basically in a trance. And he has a, a vision from God. And the vision is found in Acts chapter 10, verses 11 through 17. And, and Luke writes that he saw the sky open and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles, and birds. And then a voice came to him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat them. No, Lord, Peter declared, I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again and said, Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. And the same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven, and Peter was very perplexed. What could the vision mean? So going back to the Old Testament, 
The Jews were given specific commands by God himself on what they were allowed to eat and what they uh, were not allowed to eat. And most of these can be found in Leviticus chapter 11. And you can read that on your own time. Um, but God did this because it, it was really healthy uh, for the Jewish people if they would follow his uh, dietary laws. Uh, even when Daniel and his friends were taken into captivity uh, after Jerusalem was destroyed by the Babylonians, it was Daniel who refused to eat the king's food because he didn't want to, he didn't want to disobey what God had said. He, he wanted to stay faithful to God. And so he asked the servant uh, to bring him some soup, uh, some lentil soup, because he didn't want to obey, like I said, he didn't want to disobey God's law. You know, so as good as bacon is and how bacon just makes everything better, it was off the table for for the Jews. You know, they, they had to stick to, to these dietary restrictions that God himself had given them. And so it's no wonder then that when Peter sees this vision, he sees this sheet come down out of heaven and it's got all of these animals on it that are considered by God to be unclean, even though this is God giving Peter this vision and it's going to happen three different times. Peter tells God, no. He says, no way, dude. He says, I, you, you said this stuff was unclean and I ain't about to touch it. You can tell me you all you want to uh, to go kill and eat, but I'm telling you, I ain't doing it. And so here is Peter telling God to his face or in this vision, I ain't doing it because you said this is unclean. And God says, you don't call uh, what I've called clean, you don't call it unclean. And so the, the this thing appears three times, it disappears. Peter wakes up from, from his prayer time or from this vision and he's scratching his head and he's, he's he's thinking what in the world does this mean what what is this what is going on and so remember while peter is having this vision there's men traveling from caesarea to joppa to find him but he has no idea that this is going on you know god could have very easily have said peter here's what's happening here's what this vision means uh, there's some men coming from this guy uh, named Cornelius, and they're going to be looking for you, and you need to go back to their house because I'm accepting the Gentiles into the fold now, and you're going to you're going to kick this thing off, and and here's how it's going to happen. But God didn't do that. He just showed Peter this vision of these unclean animals, and he says, "You don't call uh, what I'm calling clean. You don't call it unclean, Peter. You know this this is my business, not yours." This is my church, not yours. And so while he's having this vision uh, of this sheet and these unclean animals, here come these men from uh, from Caesarea, and they find Simon the Tanner's house, and they knock on the door, right? They knock on the door, and they're looking for Simon Peter. And in Acts chapter 10, verses 17 through 23, Luke writes this. He says, Peter was very perplexed. What could this vision mean? And just then... Just it's like Peter got this, this vision. This vision disappeared, and Peter got this thought out of his mind. Peter was very perplexed. What could this vision mean? As soon as he asked that question, the knock on the door. Just then, the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house, and they're standing outside the gate. And they asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. And meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, "Hey." There's three men that have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. And don't worry, for I have sent them. So Peter went down and he said, I'm the man you're looking for. Why have you come? Well, see, there, you know, there again, 
God could have said, here's why they're coming, but he didn't do that. He didn't give Peter all the details, right? He says, these men are looking for you. You need to get down and go talk to them. And, and, and so he, he says, so Peter went down and he says, I'm the man you're looking for. Why have you come? And they said, we were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He is a devout and God-fearing man, well-respected by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so that he can hear your message. What message? God hasn't given me a message. Uh, you know, Peter says, y'all come on in. He invited the men to stay for the night. And the next day he went with them, accompanied by some of them, uh, some of the brothers from Joppa. So he's going to take some of uh, the Jewish brethren with him. But I want, I want to point something out here. God did not give Peter all the details. He just showed him a vision and said, you know, these animals are now clean. It had nothing to do with Cornelius. It had nothing to do with Cornelius being a God-fearing man. It, Peter had no idea that Cornelius had had a vision from an angel, and, and he had no idea that these men were coming from Caesarea to Joppa to find him. He just got hungry while he's up there praying, and he has a vision from God three different times where God says, these unclean animals are now clean. And so God did not give Peter all the details and all the instructions. Think about that. God will tell us to do something. And, and you know, we think we have to have every detail. And we, we have to know exactly what to do. And if we don't, we feel unequipped. And that, that's why so many people will, will not get involved in evangelism. They will not get involved in, in, in church service. They won't, they won't teach a class. They, they won't go help a person in need because they, you know, they won't have a Bible study. They won't go pray for this person because we feel unequipped. We, we, we're afraid we don't know enough. We don't have all the answers. You don't have to have all the answers. You just have to be obedient. And when we are obedient, the answers will come. God will show the directions. He will show the way. He will give the details. But he wants us to walk in faith. The just shall live by faith and not by sight. This is a perfect example of that because he didn't give Peter all the details. And these people, he's having this vision. The vision goes away. He's wondering what's going on. What does this mean? And, and immediately, these people show up from, from Cornelius' house, from Caesarea, and, and they, they, they're knocking on the door. They're at the gate, and they're saying, hey, we're looking for this guy named Peter. And the Holy Spirit says, hey, Peter, there's some guys. You're still on the roof, but you need to get off this rooftop because there's some guys that are at the gate, and they're looking for you, and you need to go back to Caesarea with them. And so God didn't give them, didn't give Peter all the details. The men, Peter had to ask the men for the details. Why did you come here? Well, here's why we came. And so the next day they go, they go you know, Peter obeys and he goes back to Caesarea with these men that Cornelius has sent to Simon the Tanner's house. And they go to Cornelius' house. And here's what Cornelius is doing during the meantime, that he is waiting for Peter to arrive at his house with these men. In verse 24, it says, They arrived in Caesarea the following day, and Cornelius was waiting for them, and he had called together his relatives and his close friends. Now, think about this. It was Cornelius who had the vision from the angel. It was Cornelius who served God and helped the poor, but yet again, 
we see the heart of this Roman officer in this passage. Because he's not being selfish and he's wanting all these other people to have the same opportunity that he has. He, he wants them to hear the message that Peter is going to bring. And so he gathers his relatives and he gathers his close friends so that they can share in this awesome experience. And I'm here to tell you evangelism or sharing Jesus really is this simple. It's just simply going out and finding people who need to hear the message and sharing with them the message. And here's this God-fearing man who's been helping the poor and he's lacking something. He's lacking Jesus. But he could be greedy. And he could say, I want to hear this message first. And if I accept it, I'll share it with other people. But he didn't do that. He, he, he gathered the, his friends and his family, people that he was close to, and he brought them over to his house. And they're eagerly awaiting Peter and, and, and to hear the message that he is going to bring. And so... Even though God has orchestrated this divine meeting, right? There's still some awkwardness. There, there's Jews sitting in the living, the living room of a Gentile who is a leader in the Roman army. There is a room full of uncircumcised Gentiles and all eyes of these uncircumcised Gentiles are fixed on Peter and they're eagerly waiting to hear the message that, that he is going to be bringing. And so to break the ice of the awkwardness, Peter starts it off by saying this. He says, Now you know it's against our laws for a Jewish man to enter to a Gentile home like this or to even associate with you. And you know, what an icebreaker, right? You know I'm not supposed to be here. That's, what, that's basically what Peter's saying. I ain't supposed to be here. I'm, not, I'm, a, I'm a Jew. I live by God's laws. I ain't supposed to be in the house of a Gentile. You know, so... Uh, so and that's what he, that's how he just starts off the iceberg. He says, "You know, I'm not supposed to be here. It, it's against our laws for a Jewish man to enter to the, a Gentile home like this, or even to associate with you." But God has shown me. See, He figured it out. He figured out the vision without God having to explain to him in every detail. He said, "God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean." So I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. Now tell me why you sent me. See, God just told Peter, he says, through the Holy Spirit, he says, there's some people waiting for you at the gate. You need to go downstairs, and you need to go find those people, and you need to go with them. I have sent them. And that's all the Holy Spirit told Peter. And so Peter has no idea why he is going with these people to Caesarea. He just knows that God said go, and Peter goes. And so now here he is, awkward as it could be and is, He's in this room with some of his Jewish brethren, his friends, and, and all these Gentiles, uncircumcised Gentiles, have gathered in this home, and they all are looking at Peter, and they're waiting to hear this message that God has given him. And so he, he says, okay, I'm not supposed to be here, and here's why I'm here, because God told me to be here, and I, I realized that, that, that the Gentiles are not considered unclean anymore. Now, why do you want me here? Well, you know, why have you asked me to come to your house? And so, here's what Cornelius says to Peter. He says, Four days ago, I was praying in my house about the same time, three o'clock in the afternoon, and suddenly a man in dazzling clothes was standing in front of me, talking about the angel. 
And he told me, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. Now send messengers to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying in the home of Simon a tanner who lives near the seashore. So I sent for you at once and it was good for you to come. Now we are all here waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given you. I want to end the podcast today by saying this. Look, you may not have all the details, but God has something for you to do. And you know it. It is all in your heart. You you have a special talent. You have a, a, an ability to go out and meet the needs of somebody or some situation. And you know that God has laid that on your heart. Don't hesitate. Don't wait for God to give you all the details. Just be obedient with what you have and what you have to offer and what you can share and take that first step and go. Because once you go, the details will unfold and you will see clearly what God wants you to do. Why hesitate? Go be a blessing. Go show Jesus and may God be glorified. And so, because of, even though he didn't have all the details, the Holy Spirit has told Peter, it's okay, I've sent these people, now you need to go. And when he got there, he, 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 you know, he says, why do you want me here? What's, what's going on? And so, Cornelius tells him uh, about the angel and how he had sent men to Joppa to, to find Peter and to bring him back here. And he says, we're all here, my friends and my, my family, we're all here to hear the gospel or to, to hear the message that God has given to you. And so, Peter, he, he says, okay, I, I, I see what's going on here. And he says, this is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in the Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we apostles are witnesses of all he did through Judea and in Jerusalem. And they put him to death by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him to life on the third day, and then God allowed him to appear, not to the general public, but to us whom God had chosen in advance to be his witnesses. We were those who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to judge uh, to be judge of all and the living and the dead and he is the one all the prophets testi- testified about saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name that was the simple message that peter was giving to cornelius now watch what happens in this little few minute message i mean th- th- this is no this this is a simple message of the jesus's death burial and resurrection and how uh, when jesus was resurrected he was seen by the apostles and a few other people and how he he uh ate a meal with them and he and he had a you know uh drank some uh grape juice or whatever water with them just to show that he was 
alive. And, and, and Peter says, this is the one that the prophets spoke about. Jesus is that person. There, there, was, there, there, was, you know, there was no worship band to, to get everybody prepared for the message. There, there was no four-point or five-point sermon that had all the, uh, the, the, word starting, the, the key words starting with a specific letter. There, there's no PowerPoints. There's, there's no technology involved. There's, there's no special lighting effects you know, that goes along with the message or with the, with the band just to get everybody ready. It was just a simple message. And the simple message was the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And Peter didn't even get to finish his message. While Peter was talking, it says, uh, Luke says this, he says, Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. Talking about the Gentiles. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. And Peter asked, Can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? And so he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And afterward, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. So while Peter was speaking, the Holy Spirit, just like he fell in Acts chapter 2 on the Gentiles, upon, on, on the apostles that were in that room or that day and the people thought that they were drunk when they heard them because they were speaking in tongues but they were hearing all these Jews that had gathered for the day of Pentecost were hearing this gospel message about the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. They're, they're hearing their own language coming from these 12 men who they thought were drunk. Well, this same exact thing has now happened in front of Peter and in, in front of these Jewish brethren from Joppa to these Gentiles. And the Holy Spirit has fallen upon Cornelius and his family and his friends. And they're speaking in tongues just like they did in Acts chapter 2. And so when Peter sees this going on and hears what's going on, it is absolute confirmation to what he had told Cornelius. That God, is, 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 he has accepted everyone into the, the, to the fold, into the church. Even the Gentiles that they are no longer considered unclean, but they, God can, now considers them clean. And he says, what's stopping us from baptizing these people in the name of Jesus? What's stopping us from baptizing them for the remission of their sins? And, and because of the evidence, nothing can stop us from baptizing these Gentiles. Because we were there on the day of Pentecost, or I was, Peter says, and I, I know what happened. And I'm seeing it right before my very eyes. And this tells me that God is now accepting Gentiles. And so we're going to baptize them. And that's exactly what they do. They baptize Cornelius, his friends, and his family. you got all this excitement going on. And so uh, uh, Cornelius is going to ask Peter if he'll just hang out there with them in Caesarea for a few days. Let me tell you something. God loves you. God accepts you just the way you are. It does not matter what color skin you have. It does not matter what nationality you are. It does not matter how much money you have or if you don't have any money. It doesn't matter if you're a bum on the streets if, if or, or, or if you're the richest man uh, living in a mansion. It, it, God does not care about any of that. He he cares about you being saved, to having, having your sins forgiven. And if you've never called on the name of Jesus and you've never made him the Lord of your life, I pray that you would do that before it's too late, that you would give your life to Jesus. You, you, don't, you don't have to know everything about God. You don't have to know all the facts and all the details. You don't have to get your life right first. 
You just have to come to God and trust Him and put your faith in Him and, and, and live for Him. It's really that simple. Why don't you do that today before it's too late? God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Grind It Podcast today. You can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please join us next time, and when a challenge comes your way, just my, grind it. Been grinding all my life, sacrifice, hustle, pay the price, want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life, love.